Hello, welcome to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Here you will find cutting-edge information provided by the best experts in the world so you can learn how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Bruno de Gama is the Brazilian Health Nut in a mission to solve the problems you have when trying to lose weight forever. He is a nutritional therapy practitioner, a certified personal trainer, and a holistic lifestyle coach by the Czech Institute. Don't forget to say hello and sign up to our free newsletter at www.brazilianhealthnet.com. Let's go. All right. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Tana. I super appreciate your time. Can you tell a little bit about your background, your story, and how is being part of MN Lifestyle? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Bruno, for having me on. This is really exciting. Um, yeah, so I am actually a nurse. I worked. I started off in a level A trauma unit, and so I worked um, as a neurosurgical trauma ICU nurse and saw some pretty awful accidents and worked on that end of things and then um, eventually transferred over, and now I do mostly lifestyle, um, helping people prevent those awful things from happening. Um, but it actually started for me long before that. Um, I wrote my, you know, my books I've written, I just finished my eighth book, actually. My husband and I just co-authored two books we just finished, but it started for me with trying to heal myself. I was very unhealthy growing up. So it was really my own journey. That's how I got into this. So being really sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it started when I was about, you know, earlier than I can remember, but I remember it at four years old when I went in for my upper and lower gastrointestinal studies, those studies for really bad digestive issues. And from there on, it was just a really tough battle. It was like a war. And that's why I always say you have to be a warrior. Mm, that's where the name comes from. Yep. The warriors got you. And what's the biggest struggles that you had with your health, like growing up? And I think you also have problems during your 20s, right? Um, you know, I had trouble for most of my life into, I'd say, my mid-30s when I finally figured out I had to figure out a better way. So it started when I was really young. And it's, you know, when you ask what the worst one is, I'd say cancer was obviously, that was that, that was sort of the uh, yeah. crescendo, if you will. But it started off, it's really more like a sweater unraveling. Um, you know, you can't really say which is the worst part because it's like one thing leads to another and pretty soon it just becomes this sweater that unravels. Um, but, you know, it all leads, they're all connected. We all think that they're separate things, but they're not. They're all connected. And so, you know, I, I was really sick as a kid. I had multiple surgeries. I had mono. I had all these issues that happened. And constantly on antibiotics, I ended up having thyroid cancer, which had metastasized in my early 20s. That's when they discovered it. They actually figured I had it for a lot longer. Um, so it kept coming back. And then as a result of that, that led to other issues. And so it was just this, I finally got so tired of it. Um, I, I thought, you know, there's got to be a better way. I ended up becoming extremely depressed at one point, not realizing how hormones were actually affecting all of this as well. No one really explained right. all of this to me. And that was my frustration. It's like, why isn't someone putting all of this together for me like, It was like puzzle pieces and no one was telling me that, oh, by the way, you might get very depressed through all of this because your hormones are being affected. I thought I was going crazy. So, mm. you know, it's not right, fair right. when you think about it, when there are answers out there, someone needs to be telling people what those answers are. 
Mm-hmm. And what was the trigger point for you? Because I think today you have control over your health, I could say, right? I am the healthiest the I've part. ever been. Yeah, I'm 47. <laughs> right. I'm the healthiest I've ever been. Um, the turning point was when I was on nine medications, taking medications to manage the side effects of medications, which was just silly. I felt miserable. I was absolutely miserable. And I kept thinking to myself, I'm wasting oxygen on the planet. That was my thought. I'm wasting oxygen on the planet. And I went to my doctor and I said, there's got to be a better way. I mean, this is dumb. This is just, there's got to be something we're missing. And he told me that I should be grateful for the medications, that I was in denial and that maybe I should see a psychiatrist. No joke. That's what he told me. Now, mm. your listeners might not know I'm married to like a world famous psychiatrist. <laughs> so, yes. so I was extremely frustrated at this point. And that's when I knew I had to be my own advocate. I had to figure this out. And I literally went on a crusade. I was I attended I must I probably attended five hundred hours worth of courses in metabolic medicine. And I I found the best mentors in the world that I could find to figure out what is the connection between lifestyle, exercise, food, stress management, Mm. sleep. There's got to be a connection here. And boy, is there. Yes, yes. I'm so glad that you just said that all the lifestyle uh, piece of this puzzle. It's really a puzzle, right? So before you get into, I want to talk about your husband, Daniel, Dr. Daniel, also how to choose doctors. We're going to be talking a little bit about this. But before that, I would like to talk about martial arts. Oh, yeah. I saw that you're, you're big into martial arts. How is that part of your life and what's the benefits that you get from this? Because I'm from Brazil and there is a lot of jiu-jitsu there, but I haven't been into martial arts yet, just yet. I think I'm going to start something this year. I'm planning to do it. So I'd like to ask you about this and get your opinion on that. Okay, so martial arts for me is really important, and I think it's an amazing framework for teaching people. I think it's an amazing framework, and for me, it's important. I grew up in a very hectic, chaotic family growing up. We were very poor, um, and it was not fun. Um, I don't know if you have Jerry Springer in Brazil, but it's a reality show that's frightening. No. Okay, I always say Jerry I Springer had nothing on us. It's, it's those really crazy families, and so it was. it never felt safe for me. And when I was about 15 years old, I was attacked when I was walking to high school. I was assaulted by some strange guy that tried to drag me down an alley. And I decided then that I was not going to be a victim. I was over it. I wanted to learn how to take care of myself. I was going to be a warrior. And that thought crossed my mind. I can be a warrior or I can be a victim. But then it also, later through this process of taking care of my health, I realized it's the same thing with your health. You can be a victim or you can be a warrior. And But warriors, you know, you can win this war it is a war some, for some of us. And it's, it's a war that's won between your ears. And so this idea of martial arts for me is symbolic. It's symbolic of never giving up, of overcoming, of being strong, of fighting no matter what. And um, it's really important to me. So as I train, I, it just it teaches you so many life lessons. And I think it's so important for women not only to have, you know, to be empowered and to have self-defense, but also to learn, look, you don't need to give in just because you have the dumb thought that you are a victim to whatever happens to you. You know, life might take me down, but I'm going down with the biggest fight you can ever imagine. So that's just how it's going to be. 
Got you, got you. So it's more about the mindset than anything no else. No question. That's that's awesome. Yeah, love that. And you are a mom, you are a wife, and you're still healthy, and you're pretty busy with your work as well. So how do you handle all these these subjects in your life? How do you separate it, and you still can take care of your health nowadays? So I'm probably going to upset some of your listeners when I say this. It's an excuse when people <laughs> say they don't have time or they're too busy or they can't mm -hmm. afford it. I'm sorry. It's I've been poor and I've been sick and I have no time. <laughs> okay. So, but when people say to me that, how do you do it with as, as little time as you have, here's the reality. I don't have time not to do it. That's just mm -hmm. the reality because when I don't take care of myself, if I don't eat healthy and I don't take that hour a day to take care of myself, I'm not as productive. I'm not as healthy. I'm not as focused. I get sick more often. I don't have time for that. I just, and I'm not as nice. I'm just, I, I, I'm not as good of a mom and I'm not as good of a wife. So there's no way I have time to deal with all of that. That hour a day or hour and a half a day, you know, you put the oxygen mask on yourself. That's what the, they always tell you in an airplane, right? You then are able right. and you have the strength to take care of everyone else and you're more focused and you're just healthier. So it's an excuse when you say you can't make it happen. I am one of the yeah. busiest people I know. Yeah. yeah, I'm so glad you just said that because I feel the same, especially like what I do today. I'm so, super busy as well, but I take care of my health. And I do my cooking pretty much 80% of the time. And if I don't do it, I don't feel as well. No. And then I, then I don't have the energy yeah. to do the things that are important in my life. So it's kind of like... You don't cook, but then you don't have energy. You're gonna be unhealthy, so it's kind of like uh, you're really wasting more time. Yep. Besides, you're right? not as productive. So, yeah. You're sick more often. I mean, there's yeah. nothing more expensive or more time-consuming than being mm -hmm. sick and not and missing work and missing having your kids, you know, sick and having to spend money, you know, with we see it psychiatrists and things like that. That's expensive. That's time-consuming. For sure. Cool. So. Probably three years ago, I would say, I was in New York, I'm in New York City right now, and I was on 42nd Street on, on the library, and I was looking for some books, and then I came across your husband's book. So, he has many books, right? He does. He's written yeah. 30, I think 35 books, 10 of them are bestsellers, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So, I was reading his book, and this, it's all about the health of our brain. Yep. So, the brain health, and you guys call it the Brain Warriors Way. So can you explain a little bit about this? How can you take care of the brain and then we're going to actually be taking care of the whole body? Yeah, first of all, that's really funny that you were there in that library and you saw his book. We actually have a clinic right across the street from there. So that's sort of fun. Oh, cool. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we call it the Brain Warriors Way because we believe it's a war. For anyone who's been sick or has a child that they take care of, you know, caretakers are in a war. They know it. Um, you know, all these crazy viruses that break out, you guys are dealing with one right now. Um, it's a war. You're constantly faced with something, bad food, you know, diseases, things like that, that you, you're in a war to stay healthy, but it's a war you can win. And if you're a warrior and, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people don't want to think about fighting and that's okay. You can be a peaceful warrior, but I love this expression. You know, there's a Zen teacher that's teaching one of his students how to fight. And he says, well, if you're teaching me about peace, why are you teaching me how to fight? And the teacher says, because I'd rather you be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And it's just mm. so true. So if you have the skills and you're aware, you can avoid the fight altogether. Those are the best fights ever won. 
but we want you to know and be armed with the right information. And, you know, we want to ignite your energy, reverse illness, you know, and aging and help you turn pain into purpose because with purpose, so much more, it's just, we, the people we see are in pain. And when you have a purpose, life is just more worth living. Awesome. In terms of uh, some tips here to take care of our brain, I mean, we could talk the whole interview just about how to take care of our brains. Can, can you just give a little bit of an, in summary, like the things that we can do today, for example, just after listening to this, this interview? So, I mean, that could go so many ways, travel tips yes. or budgeting tips. Uh, but the first thing I would say is, you know, I mean, it really does start with better decision making. So it starts with your habits. Um, I love when people listen to shows like this, quite honestly, because people are contagious. So you've got to have a healthy community. You've got to fill your mind with very positive things. So I always tell people, you got to start your day right. Your habits, the habits of a warrior are what win or lose the war. You wake up, you start by writing down three things you're grateful for. You know, you pray or meditate. And you fill your mind with positive things like this because you're going to naturally start taking on that mindset and you're going to get the tips. The actual practical tips are the easy part. We're surrounded right. by them. It's just people don't do them because they don't have the right mindset. So, yeah, I can give you travel tips. Um, we can go any direction you want with that. But if you don't have the right community, if you don't start your morning by being grateful and having positive intention, writing down what you're going to do that day with intention, and then listening to shows like this where you're going to get those positive tips, that's where it starts. You, people mm -hmm. are contagious, and you've got to surround yourself with warriors mm -hmm. that are like -minded. Amazing, yeah. Yes, that's so true. We're going to be talking a little bit about travel trips a little later, but yeah, I like that you're saying about this. The mindset is the most important thing. And then, uh, like five years ago, when I started on my journey, I was, I'd say, healthy, right? I never had uh, any big issue like your, your own story. However, when I started implementing nutrition in my life, you know, really changing the way I was sleeping and resting and managing, managing stress, my health, my energy got to another level. Right. And another thing really that changed was my mood. So I was, you know, sometimes I would be cranky, especially when I was hungry. It was, I was in a bad right. mood. Right. And nowadays, like... I was trying to remember actually when was the last time when I was in a bad mood and I cannot remember. I'm always, my mood is pretty much stable. It's really hard for me to not be in a good mood and be happy. So what's this food mood connection in terms okay. of your... Well, there's no, no question food. Yeah, no question. Food mood is a huge thing. But see, you're also exercising and sleeping and that also, they're all connected. Right. So, but regarding the food mood connection, most people don't know that 80% of the serotonin in their body, that's your don't worry be happy um, neurotransmitter, is 80% of that is made in your gut, not your brain. And most people don't know that. It's made in your gut. So if your right. gut is not healthy, chances are your mood is not going to be good. Also, when you eat really, if you eat fast food, if you have a fast food diet, you're going to have a fast food brain because many of those fast foods actually thwart your hormones. They mess up your hormones and they don't send the right signals when they're supposed to. So like, for example, if you're eating the proper diet, like healthy fats and protein help to stimulate dopamine, which is your motivation neurotransmitter. Whereas right. the healthy types of carbohydrates, like a lot of vegetables, um, those, you know, the right types of carbohydrates, we don't want you eating vegetables that are going to give you diabetes and make you sick, but the right types of carbohydrates help to stimulate serotonin. 
But just the simple act of healing your gut with a healthy diet is going to boost serotonin. That, of course, combined with exercise and sleep. So um, you're absolutely 100% right. When you eat right, it does change your neurotransmitters. That actually is affecting your moment-to-moment feelings, which improves your moment-to-moment decision-making, which, of course, improves your life overall. Because if you make the right decisions, your overall life is going to be better. Right. And people don't right. see it that way. No, that's so true. Yes, digestion, it's a huge topic. It's, to be honest with you, I'm always looking in terms of digestion for every people, every clients and friends. Whenever they ask me, look into a digestion first. It's because the first it's place huge. we start. Absolutely. Yep. It's huge. Hey, what's up, guys? Brunda Gama here, Brazilian Health Nut. And let's take a little break from the show because I want to offer you something very, very special, okay? So if you go to BrazilianHealthNut.com and scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, you find a place that you can claim your free strategy call with me. Or you can just send me an email at bruno at BrazilianHealthNut.com and tell me that you want to schedule your free call, okay? During this call, we are going to develop a strategy that works for your kind of body and lifestyle because remember that we all different. So go ahead and do that now because spots are limited, okay? So now let's get back to the show. A lot of people, unfortunately, is still thinking about counting calories and, you know, exercise more or like eating less to lose weight. And every time I, I hear that, I get a little mad, you know? Right. And That's really an interesting conversation. So I don't know if you have time for me to tell you the story about these two gorillas, but I love the story of Bebak and Makolo. There are two gorillas that were in the Cleveland Metro Park Zoo, and they were really sick. They were dying of heart disease, but it turns out that the number one cause of death in all zoos around the world is heart disease. And um, so I interviewed the zoologist there, and they said, yeah, we had to figure out why all of these gorillas were dying of heart disease. Um, and so they looked at their diets and they went, well, we're feeding gorillas nutritional cookies. So, which is really interesting because gorillas don't eat nutritional cookies in the wild. And see, the reason this is interesting is because number one cause of heart disease in warehouse gorillas, which means gorillas and zoos is heart disease, but that has never been seen in the wild. Not ever. Gorillas don't die of heart disease or any other chronic disease. They die of only acute illnesses like infections or they're poached in the wild. So that's what confused the zoologists. So they thought, well, let's get rid of the cookies and we'll start giving them their natural diet of wild greens, nuts, seeds, bamboo, and flax. And Mm -hmm. here's the interesting part. They started scattering it around their habitat. So they had to move in order to get it all. They had to move like almost all day. Took them almost 75% of the day to eat it. Whereas the cookies, they could just gobble up really quickly. And here's the really fascinating part. So Within one year, the gorillas lost 65 pounds each eating the new diet, which, get this, the new diet was double the calories. Wow. New diet double the calories. Double the calories. The gorillas lost 65 pounds each. And what I love about the story is that on the old diet of cookies, the gorillas in the zoos, also, um, which is also a worldwide phenomenon, uh, gorillas in zoos have these odd behaviors of pulling out their hair and eating it, so neurotic behaviors. They pull out their hair and eat it, it, and they regurgitate their food up to four times an hour and re-eat it. And so this has always confused the zoologists because that's never been seen in the wild, not one time. So when they changed their diet, all of those odd neurotic behaviors stopped. Now, see, we have psychiatric clinics. So to me, this was fascinating. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like our patients. Like, were the gorillas crazy 
and neurotic, or were they being poisoned? See, I think of patients that, that come in here with that are anxious and have these odd behaviors of picking at their skin and pulling out their hair. And, and it's like, were they crazy or were they being poisoned? So, you know, it's just food for thought. It's really an interesting idea. But eating yeah. double the calories, the gorillas got better. And right, right. Bebak reversed his heart disease and Macolo radically slowed the progression of his heart, heart disease eating double the calories. So it's not the calories, it's the quality of the calories. Now, that doesn't right. mean you can go crazy and go eat 5,000 calories of healthy food and you're not going to gain weight. But it does mean that eating even 800 calories of inflammation-causing sugary foods, you will lose weight for a short time. Then you will turn around and put weight on because you're going to increase inflammation and you're going to get sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all about having control over our hormones. That's, right. that's the, hormones. the trick. And yes, not only that, you're going to increase food addiction with those sugary foods. So you're mm -hmm. not going to get those results. Yeah. So I, like it's I don't know about you, but I like to eat and I work out really hard. I am not going to eat 800 calories a day. It's never going to happen. So no. I don't like calorie <laughs> restriction. So, so no, I, that's anything not I can happen. do to eat a lot of food and feel good and keep my weight down, that's, gonna, that's what's going to work for me. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Plus, it's really hard to eat a lot of calories when you're eating real food. Yep. Uh, I just had uh, breakfast before. It was like bacon and egg and avocado and kimchi yep. and it was a big That's plate perfect. right right and then right before he had talking to i actually had lunch because i really have to run right after uh, finishing this and i was like oh let me have some food before but then i made another huge plate with a lot of vegetables and some fish right and then i was like oh my god i cannot even finish this anymore i'm so full because it's so satiated it's got, right you've got all of the fiber and you've got yeah. hormones are all in you know in mm -hmm. check and right yeah, so true. Awesome. So let's get into the, your book, The Omen Diet. Can you summarize in a nutshell what is The Omen Diet, please? Yeah, The Omni Diet is actually what you just described. <laughs> so The Omni <laughs> Diet is 70% plant-based foods, not low-fat, and 30% high-quality protein. Now, I have a lot of people who come in here who are vegan, vegetarian, and I, I, I'm not, my job is not to change someone's values. That's not my job. Mm -hmm. My job is to help optimize their health. So we just, it's not written for a vegan or a vegetarian, but we will help vegans and vegetarians optimize their numbers. We just go by the numbers. We take their blood, and, but it's still 70% plant-based, high-fiber, low-glycemic mm. foods, um, lots of avocados, nuts, seeds, high-fiber vegetables that are non-starchy, and then you know some starchy vegetables, a little bit of sweet potatoes, things like that. Um, right. But then it's not low-fat. And then 30% high-quality protein. So mm -hmm. um, you know hormone-free, you know, grass-fed, antibiotic-free types or wild fish. What you just described is the perfect thing. Right. So 70-30. Is really awesome. Is. So I'm, I'm pretty diet. much on the Omni diet. Right. It's, it's <laughs> anti Now, the Omni diet, the Omni diet actually incorporates probably exactly a lot of what you're already doing anyways as well. It's not just the food. It's absolutely critical that you are exercising. It's not optional. It's not for calorie right. loss. It's not for calorie burning. It's for all of the brain reasons and yeah. the hormones and everything else um, for osteoporosis. It's also sleep. It's stress management. They're not, see, we think of it like four wheels on a car. So it's biological, it's psychological, it's social, and it's spiritual. Your biology has to be, all of your numbers, your important numbers have to be right. Your psychology, your mindset, that has to be working well. Your mm -hmm. um, social circle, you know, people you hang out with, they're contagious. They're either helping you get better or they're making you worse. And your yeah, spirituality, and that's different for everyone. So really what we tell people is it's like, what's your purpose? 
Um, and why is the world a better place? Because you breathe. And if any of those four circles are out of balance, it's like one of the tires on a car going flat. The car is eventually going to crash. Yes, so true. It reminds me of a study that I read saying that people who are lonely have higher chance of dying younger than people who smoke. Absolutely. That's crazy. You know, just it's crazy. Yeah, just to show you right there the importance of our, our social life. Yep. So, so, so important and being happy. Cool. So you have a chapter on your book that is about the power of spices and herbs. And that's a subject that I haven't talked to anybody here yet. And actually, I mean, there is, we could talk about the whole show about the spices and herbs. There is so many things, right? But what's your favorite ones and oh my how do you use them? You know, that's, it's hard to say my favorites because I love them all. They're like, it's like putting, they should be in your medicine cabinet <laughs> instead of your kitchen yeah. cabinet, right? In fact, right. that's so true. It's so interesting. I have a new section on herbs and spices in my new book coming out, The Brain Warrior's Way. People don't realize that they've been considered so powerful throughout history that wars were fought over herbs and spices. It's mm -hmm. fascinating to me because they were more valuable than jewels because of how powerful they were in healing people. So um, I love curry. I love cinnamon. I love garlic. I, lo I mean, for me, I love pretty much almost all of them. Um, cardamom. I, I mean, I love pretty much everything. Um, but it's probably some of the most powerful ones as far as herbs and spices are, you know, turmeric and curry you know, that comes from curry. That's in curry. Mm -hmm. I love, um, but like I said, cinnamon, vanilla. I love all the superfoods, cacao, things like that. They're, they almost all have these amazingly healing properties. And one of the things I love about herbs and spices is that when children are young and you can't get them to eat a lot of green stuff, you can get them to have a lot of spices because they actually like things like cinnamon and nutmeg and vanilla and cacao, right? So, mm -hmm. And those are loaded with antioxidants. That's interesting. Right. That's awesome. What about uh, some spices and herbs for chicken? Do you have anything to recommend here? Actually, it's uh, because I was talking to my mom today and she was like, oh, Bruno, give him some tips in terms of spices yep, for I chicken because your brother go -to is not liking the, <laughs> the chicken that I'm doing right now. So she was like, so it's kind of like a, a, <laughs> it's a question for my mom. Yes, <laughs> I have a go-to recipe that is super easy that almost everyone likes, even kids who don't like weird stuff, right? Um, my husband, this is his absolute favorite. So I have two ways of doing chicken. One is um, with a citrus, but this one's my favorite. Um, you actually blend up rosemary, fresh rosemary and thyme. You can use sage if you want in there. So rosemary, thyme, and garlic. Use a little bit of fresh lemon juice and some olive oil. And then if you want to, you can add some salt. I always tell people, I, I like some salt in mine, but if you are on a low-sodium diet, then you can, opt, you know, it's optional how much you put in there. Some salt and pepper, and you just put it all in a food processor. So I put about a tablespoon of rosemary and thyme and, and about two tablespoons, or I love garlic, so I put a lot of garlic in there. And then I put um, about uh, one full lemon freshly squeezed or a little more. And then about a quarter cup of olive oil, maybe a tiny bit more, just till it's all covered. And then a little bit of salt. And I, I marinate it overnight, but you should marinate it for at least an hour if you can. Mm -hmm. And then cool. grill it, even on a stovetop grill or however you do it. Or you could bake it, but I just, it's the most amazing marinade. Cool. Awesome. My mom and my brother's going to be happy. Yeah, it's really Thanks tasty. So <laughs> awesome. So, Tana, let's talk about some travel trips here. I travel a lot. I was I just came back from Brazil a week ago, and it's a long trip. It was like, I don't know, like 
18 hours, I think, yep. to get from one point to the other. So, and a lot of people are traveling all the time nowadays. It's super easy, right? There is a lot of airplanes going all, all everywhere, and not just to mention the commute from work to home. So it's kind of like almost a mini trip. Yep. So, so we have to be aware of this situation. We have to be aware of our lifestyle nowadays, and we have to make the right decisions. Can you give some some tips in terms of the travel trips? Absolutely. Well, first of all, my my little ice chest pack is an extension of my body. So it just, it just is, it's not optional. It's, I take it everywhere. But in addition to that, I have a certain number of staple dry foods that are non-perishable. They don't perish. They have an expiration date, but that's not a, it's not, they don't perish quickly. I keep them always packed in my travel bag. So things like coconut wraps and canned wild salmon and nuts and my protein powder, um, I have uh, nut butter and coconut butter and coconut oil. There are a certain number of staple foods that I know I can put a meal together really quickly and really easily. I can grab a salad anywhere and grab a hard-boiled egg or whatever and throw mm -hmm. some salmon on it, or I can throw it into my coconut wrap, and I know I've got a meal no matter what. So I keep mm -hmm. those in my bag at all times. So I don't have to think about packing it. They're already there. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one of my tips. W another tip is... I always have them empty out the mini, you know, the mini bar before I get to the hotel. You don't want to show up tired and have a mini bar staring at you. You just don't do that. Um, oh, yeah. Make one decision, not 30. Make one decision not to have it there instead of 30 decisions to flirt with it and end up having a full-blown affair with chocolate, you know, covered raisins <laughs> when you're tired. You just don't do yeah. that. So have it emptied out. And the other one is I always make the the grocery store. I always look up a grocery store. When I get off the plane, stop by the grocery store first stop. That's the first place I go is go to the grocery mm -hmm. store. So I, I use that, that little mini bar fridge and I put stuff in the, the mini bar fridge. And, um, but some healthy stuff, right? So get, I'll get a couple of avocados or whatever I get and I'll stock that up. And, of course, you know, this is the day of the Internet. You can look up any healthy restaurant or store right from your phone before you get to where you're going, or you can just ask the concierge. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you do, if you a little bit of planning ahead, preparation, a yeah. little bit of planning ahead, um, is you know again in martial arts, I want when I wanted to learn how to fight after being attacked, I, I literally told I walked in and I'm like I want to learn how to fight. That's it. I want to learn how to fight. And I remember my master sort of laughing in a nice way, lovingly. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm not thinking teaching you how to go up against a 250-pound man and fight blow for blow is a good idea. <laughs> and I'm like, but I want to learn how to fight. He's like, let's rethink this. Why don't we teach you how to be aware, how to avoid a fight, and how to run really fast first? <laughs> like, you know, you avoid the fight mm -hmm. when you can. Yes. Now, when you have yeah. to fight, you have a strategy, but let's avoid the fight when we can. So you do yes. the things to avoid it and be prepared in advance. Oh, yes. I, mean, I love it. I love it. This is so true. That's the way I do as well. It's all about preparation. You see, guys, here, like we are talking about, okay, this food for this preparation here and there, it's super easy to know what to eat. But the preparation, that's the hard, hardest part the mindset uh, around this. Yeah, it's and you know, it's it's one thing, um, I'm going to push back a little, and I know what you mean because I do it too. It's the hardest part to get people to buy into. But when people mm. tell me it's hard after being as sick as I've been, I'm mm. like, when people go, oh, it's so hard. I've had eight degree black belts that I work with. And they're like, I can't do it because I have to give up bread and it's so hard. And I, and I look at them and I laugh. And I'm like, yeah. hold on a second. You're an eight degree black belt, okay? Or, you know, I have a doctor I work with. It's like, no, getting 
getting through medical school, that's hard. Getting an eighth degree black belt, that's hard. You know, having a baby is hard. Having cancer is really hard. Um, you know, <laughs> those things mm-hmm. are hard. This isn't hard. It's a mindset. It is, it is changing the way you think and learning how to be prepared. It's different. It's a paradigm shift. But yeah. if you want to talk about hard, let's talk about cancer. Right. Yeah. Perspective. That's everything. Absolutely. Cool. 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 So I was on a Facebook page before that and you share a article with the, with your followers that was about sex is good to our psychological health. <laughs> and that's one topic that I haven't talked many to many people here on the show yet. It's about sex, but I think it's super important, not just about the psychological, but the biological aspect as well, that you can actually say a person is healthy by their sex drive, by the testosterone and all that kind of good stuff, right? Right. Can you, can you talk a little bit about this topic of sex? Please? I can. So, okay. So my husband used to have this really funny line that he would talk about. He said, you can have your, you can have your wife arrested for attempted murder if she withholds sex from you. And people would of course <laughs> die laughing. But, um, but actually here's, here's what it turns out. So, having, having sex, um, is really good for you. And for a lot of reasons. Okay. And it actually, um, does help to increase longevity, but it turns out that frequency is what's associated with increased longevity for men. Whereas it's satisfaction for women. They're not the same. So men, you have to satisfy your women, but women, you got to take care of your men. Okay. So, <laughs> so that's how it works out. But here's right. why. Because sex is is an act of bonding. Now, of course, we've got people who have been abused or or who I, I don't ever want to overlook that. Mm-hmm. There are people who this is not true for, and they need to get a lot of healing, a lot of help, because we live in a world where sex is abused. Um, so I want to just address that. But for right, the right. most part, between a loving couple, sex is a bonding act. And it increases oxytocin, it increases right. serotonin and dopamine. So all of the chemicals, those feel-good chemicals, and oxytocin is your bonding chemical. Also, it's about blood flow, right? So it's not a good sign if you're having trouble with sexual dysfunction. And 40% right. of 40-year-old men have um, sexual dysfunction, which means they're actually having trouble with blood flow to their brain. So mm-hmm. don't freak. Well, I mean, it's something to be concerned about, but rather than freaking out about the sexual dysfunction, go, huh, get curious and go, why mm-hmm. am I having trouble with blood flow? Cause if I'm having tr- trouble with blood flow there, it's all about blood flow. What's good for your brain is good for your heart is good for your genitals and your sex drive. And what's bad for your brain is bad for your heart is bad for your genitals and your sex drive. So you want to be paying attention And that is one of the reasons to be really living a healthy lifestyle as well, because you're not just hurting that part of your body, you're hurting your brain. And that's a big deal. And as my husband always says, when it comes to the brain size matters. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. It's a, it's a sign. If you, some 40% of 40 years old, that's, that's a big number. That's a big number. Yeah. I did not know that. Cool. Thank you so much for sharing. My last question for you here, Tana, it's about how to choose the right doctor, especially when trying to lose weight. There is so many information nowadays and not many doctors, not all doctors have knowledge around diet, right? I, I, I know your husband's, Actually, yeah, I know your husband's amazing <laughs> because he looks, he looks all around all the aspects like you just said about lifestyle and diet and exercise and all subjects related to your health, right? So how can you go about 
choosing the right doctor, right person to get advice from? Well, I like an area of medicine called functional medicine. Functional medicine is the bridge between, say, natural medicine and traditional Western medicine. It's the bridge. They're not anti-medication, but, but they're against the indiscriminate use of it, and they look for root causes. So one thing you always want to remember when you're picking a doctor, because I've had, I've, believe me, with my health issues, I've had both. You never want a doctor who thinks they are your daddy or your boss. Okay, that's just mm-hmm. annoying, and we don't live in that age anymore. Um, you want a doctor who thinks he's your partner, who knows he's your partner in health. So if, as soon as somebody start, starts talking to you like they're your boss or your father, you know, it's time to, or your mother, it's time to look for a new doctor. Um, you want a partner. And you want someone who's looking for root causes as opposed to putting a Band-Aid over a bullet hole. Someone who's just constantly stacking on more medications, like I was on nine medications and most of them were to, to handle side effects of other medications, that's not a good sign. You want somebody who's looking, okay, what is the, why are you having this problem? How do we fix the problem instead of just giving you a medication to cover, to cover up the symptoms, right? So that's a really important thing to look at. Now, that said, I want to make this very clear. We're not anti-medication. We're just against the indiscriminate use of medication. You sh- like, there's no reason to be ashamed of medication that is actually helping you function better in life. If it's making your important numbers better, it's making your life better don't let some motivational speaker or anyone else tell you you shouldn't be taking it. This is about your mm-hmm. journey. There's no shame in taking something that makes you better. Just make sure that it's actually making you better and you're fixing the root cause. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So working on both sides, medication and also change your lifestyle. Yes. That's, that's what's up. Cool. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you regarding weight loss or really health on anything? Well, I think that... Between the two of us, we could talk forever, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it sounds like we're pretty like-minded. Um, I think we've covered sort of the, scratched the surface at least, but if there's anything else that you'd like me to talk about, um, I'm mm-hmm. actually really excited about our new books coming out, The Brain Warrior's Way and The Brain Warrior's Way Cookbook. Um, it's yeah. sort of the best of my husband's work and the best of, of my work put together. Um, but yeah, it's a lot yeah. about what we just talked about. Yeah, that was going to ask you, what's next for you and where can people find you as well? So I have a Facebook page. It's Tana Amen, R-N-B-S-N. And um, that's really fun. And I also have a free blog. Um, so at amenlifestyle.com, um, you can get a lot of my information from the Omni Diet is on that page and a lot of recipes for free. And um, yeah, it's fun. I love sharing this information. Cool. Awesome, Tana. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I super appreciate your time and I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks, Bruno. Thanks for listening to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Go to www.brazilianhealthnut.com for much more information about how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Hasta luego.